Alrighty folks, welcome back as we part, uh, start part two of this series on character. If you remember, those of you who dropped in uh, during our last module, we focused on kind of the broad concept of what character was and why it's important and what virtues were, kind of as an introduction into this series. So this will actually be the first a week that we actually dive into a specific virtue or a specific character quality. And so today, what we're going to focus in on is the area of discipline. <laughs> now I know you're like, discipline? Of all the key character qualities, why, dis why start with something like discipline? Well, in my mind, I figured, well, you're going to need discipline to be able to get through this series uh, if you want to come back you know, each week and, and kind of complete it and, and do the virtue uh, as you improve virtue and character. Most of you are either athletes or artists or something like that, so you're just at the beginning of the seasons and practices, and of course, you know, that's where the sore muscles, so you'll need discipline in order to make it through as you learn new things and get pushed in new directions. It's the beginning of the school year, and so uh, by now I think we're like in our second or third week, and so the reality of studies and what I have to do, so you'll need discipline to be able to make it through. So it, it just seemed really appropriate that we focus on discipline uh, as we start. So uh, we're, we're going to jump into this today, and uh, I'm going to start by actually reading uh, from uh, a passage of scripture in Daniel. So if you have uh, your Bible in front of you or your app or something like that and you want to look up, it's Daniel 1. I'm going to be focusing on a passage of scripture there. And... Um, and let, let's dive in. So let me set up the scene a little bit. Uh, the, the Babylonians have come in uh, to Israel and they've taken away uh, a group of people. They killed probably God knows how, how many, but they took a remnant uh, with them. So there's a certain amount of people who got taken away to Babylon. And here the king of Babylon is. Uh, it's right in uh, Daniel 1. He says, I want you to take a group. You go find uh, these young people, uh, good-looking young people, smart-looking, uh, it's not smart-looking, smart, uh, young people who are teachable, and you get them together and teach them about Babylonian history and Babylonian law and Babylonian culture uh, because we want to train them so that they can work in the king's uh, in the king's court. So you have all these people who were Israelites and they've been drawn away, and then the king says, "Go through that group, and I want you to find these good-looking young people who are smart." And, well, some. Just, like central students, good, good looking people who are smart and who are ready to learn. And then I want you to teach them about our culture. Forget their culture, just teach them about our culture. And so that's where we catch up with these four, four people. Uh, and um, specifically, it's uh, four, four guys. Uh, Daniel is one that maybe you've heard about before, but the other three, uh, they changed their names. So here in this scripture, uh, and, and going forward, we know them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, and you may have heard, if you're familiar with any kind of biblical stories or someone growing up, or, or maybe here in recent history, uh, there's quite a few little stories about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and as well as Daniel. And I want to pull out one of them here. So here these four guys are. They're now in this education center. There's like a little Babylonian college. And, uh, and the king decides, well, 
you know, to make sure that they're ready to learn, I'm going to make sure they get good food. So I'm going to actually take a portion of the food that gets served at my table. So the, this is the like the best of the best. You know, you're talking the shrimp and the caviar and all the good stuff. And I'm going to give it to them so that we make sure that they're being fed well so that they learn well. Well, you would think at that point, I mean, these guys are like, whoa, what's going on here? Here we were just, we were captives, we were enslaved, we were taken away from our homeland, and here we're plopped down in this new country, and and here we are being educated, uh, we're, we're being uh, housed, we're being fed from the king's table, woohoo, yeah, we made it. But it's interesting because... Daniel speaks up. He says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a minute. I, I know, I, I know we're getting all this stuff and 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 so on, but this, this doesn't work with me." Which you 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 would think. I mean, because most of us, I mean, hey, if someone's just going to give us handouts, you know, just give it. Hey, give here's this, here's this, here's this. They're like, "Yeah, bring it on. I love it." But Daniel was like, "No, no, no. That that doesn't work." And we catch up here in verse eight. It says, "But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with this royal food or the wine." And he asked the chief official for permission not to do so. Now, the chief official kind of liked Daniel, but he was a little bit more fearful of the king because he said to Daniel, he says, look, Danny, man, uh, I, I hear what you're saying, but uh, this is the king's table. It's the good food. So if I stop feeding you the good food and then you start looking like you're hungry, uh, you know, then the king's going to kind of be mad with me and that's not going to work. So Daniel says, well, uh, hold, I'll make a deal with you. Look, I'll just look, hear me out for 10 days, just for 10 days. Just feed me and my friends, Shad, Meshach, and, and, and Ben over here. Just give us, you know, some water and some vegetables and we'll be good. And after 10 days, if we look bad, then, you know, put us back on the regular diet plan from the king. So the guy says, all right, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to lose anything there. And verse 15, he says, at the end of the 10 days, they looked, they being Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, looked healthier and better nourished than any of the, young, uh, the, the other young men who ate the royal food. <laughs> so guess what? The guard turns around, takes all the royal food away, and starts making everyone eat. Uh, vegetables and water. So how's that for a, for a diet plan? So we have this this story, and I want to kind of use this as a foundation for where we're going as we get into discipline. Now, the real hard part about this discussion with discipline is it's always two-sided, uh, and that, that, that gets a little confusing from time to time because there, there's... There's really two aspects of the virtue discipline, or you could even say there are actually two virtues of discipline. There's the one side, which is discipline you receive. So I receive discipline. Uh, I'm, I'm in trouble. Uh, and and let, let's not even take the negative side. Let's take it more on the positive side. Uh, I, I want to I, I wanna get um, my, my speed up or I, I want to be better at a skill. Well, we have a, usually a coach or a mentor who instructs us, who gives it, no, no, don't do it that way. Try it this way. And that that's kind of a sense of discipline. If you go outside the parameters, they bring you back inside. So sometimes it seems negative, but the whole point is to try to help you to be better. So there's that type uh, of discipline. And and the, the virtue is not so much being the discipliner, it's receiving the discipline. Now, hear that, because it's very important. It's not so much giving it. That, that's not necessarily a virtue. We, we could talk about that somewhere down the, the, the road. But that's a, 
that I mean you that's maturity that's deep wisdom what we're talking about is the virtue of receiving discipline okay that's one side the other side which is kind of what this Daniel story is all about is the ability to self-discipline to apply discipline to yourself so in essence, both are true. You receive it. This side's also receiving, but you're receiving it from yourself. And I want to talk about both as we kind of move through uh, this uh, this unit here today. Um, the, the, the one side, well, this is what I said is so confusing because you're dealing with both sides at, at the same time all, all the time. There There is this issue that accepting and practicing discipline, while they're two separate areas, we, we need to see them as really connected in some way. Um, because the first involves the discipline that's fed from you from the outside that helps you form the character or the skill. The second is then the ability to, uh, to enact that for yourself. Now, uh, I, I'm going to assume that most people who are watching this, knowing the, the context of, of, of the college, are athletes. Now, again, if you're not, you're an artist uh, or um, into theater or anything like that, it, it's really no different. Uh, even if you're just a science individual or math or education, all of this requires discipline. But I'm going to speak a little bit just because I think as a coach, think from an athletic mindset. There are many times that during a course uh, of the season or a course of uh, a practice time or something like that, that discipline is needed. Uh, mostly it's because there, there's kind of the setting of the standards. There, there's certain things that we do as a team because that's what we do. Because the coach, uh, whoever's in charge, understands that by doing these things, it will result in this. And so we... we are given the parameters by which to discipline ourselves, but we're also given the parameters uh, and the action that if we step outside of those parameters that we receive uh, discipline as well. Um, we understand in essence that the goals established by my team or by my coach or by the captains and so on will not be reached unless we abide by these guidelines or these rules. So if if one of my teammates breaks the rules, we all suffer because we all need to develop this discipline because we're one team. Um, so accepting discipline leads to practicing discipline. I think that's a key issue. Accepting discipline helps me develop the the virtue of self-discipline. I'm just going to quote from Kim Ogden here. If you don't know who Kim Ogden was, uh, she was a, the 1980s uh, coach over at Stanford for volleyball. Uh, I'm representing, okay, volleyball. Uh, and she was, uh, she was a two-time Olympian, and she talked about, she says, you know, a lot of us have been playing volleyball for a long time. Um, and, and, you know, there's times that we're on the court in tight situations, and we're thinking to ourselves, we're on the court playing, and you, the coach, you're on the bench over there watching. And there's no way we're always going to think the same way as our coach. But a lot of times, following our will, deciding what we think is best, doing our own thing, uh, especially if it doesn't work, often puts us back on the bench. You know, it's not easy, she said, to follow your coach when you know the result will be painful. Like doing things like sprints or weights 
and repetitions that seem boring, don't make sense. But those disciplines are so worth it. Because as the team becomes more disciplined, it, uh, it, it is in a better place to succeed. So you see the need for this discipline. I, I, you know, I coached soccer for a number of years, and I would tell my players, you know, because there's just some players that just I would get on and get on and get on. We got to, you know, you got to get that down. You got to discipline. Run. No, you did it wrong. Run again. Uh, and coach, why are you always picking on me? You know, why I'm picking on you? Because I love you, dude. Because I want you to perform better. Because I see in you the potential to do better. In fact. The moment that I stop disciplining you, the moment that I stop interacting with you at that level, that means there's a problem because I've given up or I'm not seeing you anymore. And so I'm focused in another area. And so there's this reality. We tend to see this discipline when we are disciplined as a negative thing. And, and it makes sense because discipline and punishment, we, we think of them as synonymous. You get punished. And so that's discipline. But the point of Discipline is to help you improve yourself, to get better. And so receiving it is actually, should be received as a gift if it's being done in love, if it's being done in the sense that it's helping to improve your ability or skill, then it should be received as a gift. I, I think of uh, the scripture, uh, turn real quick to Hebrews, and, and this is out of Hebrews 11, if you're going to look this up, uh, oh, sorry, Hebrews 12. Uh, I'm just going to read through it and, and just pull out pieces. It says in Hebrews 12:1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorned its shame, um, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Great passage of scripture. Now we go in. In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding blood. And you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. It says, my son, my child, don't make light of God's discipline. And don't lose heart when God rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines those that he loves, and he punishes everyone that he accepts as a child. So endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as a child. For what child is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true children. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, or human coaches who've disciplined us, and we respected them for it. Ah, hear that? We res respect it. Yeah, because I, I get that sense that you're caring for me. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and lives? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. No, uh, this little section, I love it. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, though, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained to it. Did you hear that? What a great passage. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but it's painful. Later on, though, 
It produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. It says, therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees and make level paths for the feet. So you get this sense that here, here it is. It's, it's that discipline, receiving it. We, it's, it, it becomes a virtue when we begin to receive it as, yep, I understand. I don't like it. It's painful. Uh, I'd rather not. But I understand that this is happening to help me improve my skill. So rather than tooting it, <laughs> why is this happening? I hate coach. Yeah, you know, rather than that, we receive it. We understand. I did something wrong. Coach is doing this. Uh, my mentor is doing this. My counselor is doing this. My teacher is doing this to help me construct the self-discipline I need. And that's the key because we're not always going to have people around us. That's that's why we try to focus during the time that you have here at the college that you can grow, grow your own virtues and your own character because you're not always going to have coaches and teachers and mentors that are just here to help discipline you. At some point, you're going to have to do it on your on your own. And, and I love, uh, there's, there's a story, just pick this up. Uh, this is back in 1936. There was an Olympian. Um, this was uh, uh, a boxer. I, I, if you're a weightlifter, I, I think this is the key, probably the only place that happens on campus. If you're uh, not a weightlifter, uh, a wrestler, you know that before meets, you have to weigh in because you have to make your class. Well, there's a story out of 1936. This guy named was Hamilton Brown uh, from South Africa. And uh, he was a boxer, and he weighed in, uh, made his class, and he uh, boxed. But he lost, uh, unfortunately. And he was so upset by that, just so just depressed and so on. He went like on a three- or five-day eating binge uh, because, ah, I don't care. Just give, give it all up. And um, what happened is during those three or three, I think it was like five days, uh, the guy that won was disqualified, which made him now the winner and would allow him to continue on in, in the, the boxing uh, uh, contest. However, when he went to weigh in because of his eating binge, he no longer made the class and so therefore was not allowed to compete. And so he never had a chance to, to win. Or he would have had a chance to win if he would have done self-discipline. Now, you see, what could have happened is the coach could have come in and given him that discipline. No, stop, don't. Until we know for sure, don't do this because you never know. So don't. Now, that, that's from the coach down, but there was no, there, that, that, maybe the coach was there. I don't know, or they didn't care. But here was the point. Hamilton Brown lacked the self-discipline to realize, to wait, to sense, to, 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 to wait things out because he was just, he allowed himself he allowed his emotions he allowed his flesh to cry out and demand what's happening and that really is what self-discipline is all about self-discipline is the ability to put aside your own wants and desires for the long-term benefit that you're looking for which is what hebrews is talking about that's that's the picture of what daniel was talking about daniel was basically saying yeah we could eat the king's food it's all right it's all right we have the right the king himself is giving us that food but he said whoa, 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 wait a minute yeah we could indulge in that but that's not going to give us what we're looking for which is the long-term discipline of being able to stand up against what our bodies want and what our flesh wants and doing things in a way that honors God. And what's great about that story is if you go back into the book of Daniel, 
few chapters later, suddenly you see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego showing up again. But this time, what's going on is the king, uh, because of some counsel and all this kind of stuff, is having everybody in the nation bow down before this golden statue of himself. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, much like Daniel did with the food, said, said, no, 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 sorry. We have to discipline ourselves and we cannot bow down to this golden statue because we can only bow down to God. And eventually it put them in a fiery pit where they were supposed to die. And they said, look, even if we die, it doesn't matter. God could save us. God could let us die. But we're using the discipline to say, this is what we stand for and this is what we're going to do. That's self-discipline. You have receiving discipline and then giving yourself discipline and i think that that's important i love this other passage of scripture that comes out of if, if you're you know an athlete again being a coach this makes sense to me uh this comes out of first corinthians uh first corinthians 9 it says do you not know that in a race all the runners run but only one gets the prize so run in such a way as to get the prize. All right, well, that makes sense. Of course, I'm going to, hey, I'm playing playing ball or something. I'm, I'm going to play to win, okay? Everyone who competes in the games goes into what? Strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Whoa, 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 what? What do you mean? Yeah, most other athletes, athletes at other institutions other than Central Christian, they are disciplining themselves they're going into strict training but they're doing it just to win conference nationals we do it because we're after something even more we're not just after winning regionals or conference we're after something better hear that we're after something better ask yourself the question what do you what are you after what are you after here what are you what are you going after because i'm telling you there's more than just winning the game so Verse 26, therefore, I do not run like one, one running aimlessly. I do not fight like someone who just beats the air. No, he says, I beat my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I will not be disqualified myself. It's this perfect image of discipline. I beat my body and make it my slave. Basically, he's saying, I don't, my body doesn't tell me what to do. Oh, I listen to it. When I'm hungry, I need to eat. But how I eat, I'm the one who decides that. When I, you know, when I'm tired, I sleep. But I don't, you know, my desire to play games all night, you know, and not, not study. No, I'm the one who makes the decision about how my buddy is. That way I don't get disqualified for the prize in the end. That is self-discipline, which is a little different from just receiving discipline. So I, I say all that because I kind of want you to come into um, this understanding that the process of accepting discipline causes us to become personally disciplined. So we need to work on both during your time here, receiving it, so that ultimately you're learning what it is that you need to put into place to be self-disciplined. Now, a disciplined person is the kind of person who can stand up on their own two feet based on their own principles and understanding, have rock-solid judgment, rock-solid wisdom. So men and women, and, and let me say this, and teams or, or musical groups or whatever it is, a, a learning group, who are disciplined are 
easily distinguished from those who are not. You can see it when a team or, or a group comes on that lacks discipline. A high level of character and leadership quality emerge when people practice good discipline. Others follow disciplined people. Others appreciate disciplined people. Others respect disciplined people. So what, what I would challenge you on is this, as we kind of end, end our discussion here today, is I, I'm going to give you a couple scripture verses, so if you want to pause as I give them, but I'd take a look at things like Proverbs 3, 11 through 12, uh, and verse 18, Proverbs 13, 24, Proverbs 22, 15, and Revelation 3, 19. I want you to ask yourself these questions. What do these verses tell you about our attitudes in receiving discipline? How does, how does love demonstrate itself in that relationship, both in the giver and the receiver? And then begin to ask yourself these questions. Are you a disciplined person? And, and to what level? Or why do you believe you're disciplined? Or why don't you believe you're disciplined? Because by identifying those things, you begin to identify the gaps between where you're at and where you need to be so that you can discipline yourself to achieve that. Um, what can you do to be more disciplined? Um, you know, Think about what, what you could do this week. You've got homework assignments. You've got practice. You've got sleep. You've got social things. So what can you do? What are some specific things you can do? And write them down. Put them up on your, your board or, or in your app. What are some specific things you can do to be more disciplined this week? Um, and then how do you respond when somebody disciplines you? When, when coach gets on you about something or uh, somebody says, uh, you know, hey, well, like, like right now we're wearing masks, right, on campus. So when somebody comes up and says, hey, dude, you, you need to put your mask on. What's your attitude? What's the inner sense? Is this this rebellious, like, who are you to tell me what's going on? Or is that, or do you receive it with the love that it's meant because it's going to help you uh, be more disciplined? Ask yourself. Um, describe how you would like to be disciplined by those in authority over you. What what is the way that you would want to be? And then and and then and then model that, or seek to help with the team that you're with um, to model that kind of thing. So, discipline, receiving discipline, and self-discipline, both are important virtues, and I challenge you to develop them. Uh, as you continue on your journey for character. So God bless you, and I'll see you as we move into our next character quality next week.